0: This is Marshall Eaton of the Two Staff Town Watch. Come out with your hands where we can see him. Ah. Good morning. Uh won't you come in? We've got a pot of tea brewing.
1: Hello and welcome to the uh, LARP News Podcast. Uh, My name is Dave and today we are going to be talking about the Marches, who are a personal favorite of mine. Um, And we've got a couple of guests if you'd like to introduce yourselves. Um, Sonia, would you like to go first maybe?
2: Yes, um, I'm Sonia, as you've just said. (laughs) I play Hattie, um, who is an independent character in the Marches, I don't have a household.
1: Interesting, Uh, I don't know what that means so we'll get into that. Marcus, do you want to go next?
3: Um, yes, yeah, so my name's Marcus. I play Timothy Kroll, who's one of the marcher generals, uh, Tusk's 4th Army, Best Army, um, from House Bridger in the marches in Bregisland.
1: Right, and 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 I, Marcus, describe how I tracked you down and the description of how everyone pointed you out, because it was amazing to see people's response.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, there was a post that went up on the marcher page from yourself, Dave and uh i got tagged in it by uh, george who plays hook a very cool character um and he tagged me in this post and the post reads i'm trying to get in touch with um a marcher i think he's a general all i know is he's got magnificent legs <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: i knew it would be fun to do with the legs it's, it's always the legs right <laughs> yeah. i love
1: some of the responses as well as well well that oh, no, narrowed no, 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 no. down to four and i was just like what like is this like the, the no marches skip leg day basically and they're all just like legs of like tree trunks it was uh, hilarious but yeah thank right, you very much for right. joining me guys um <laughs> right um why don't we start with like um maybe why did you guys pick the marches and what were your kind of preconceptions before joining and was anything different having joined
2: the marches um, i'll jump on this one
3: if you want you can have the next one first sonia yeah go for it um so i joined the marches god must be knocking on sort of three four game years ago now um i honestly forget um prior to joining the marches i actually played a year in dawn uh, just over a year in dawn um i'm so, so my- sorry yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly so i was a dawnish i was a dawnish earl as well um with, with a name with a name that required two breaths in the middle to say um oh, no wow. um so yeah i was i was kind of um and that was the first ever lap i'd ever done um you know that was i'd come into it completely kind of out of the cold. Um, from kind of a bit of a tabletop and a wargaming background, and I kind of had this preconception of the marches, obviously being a dornishman, that was pretty negative. You know, oh, they were just you know mud grubbing peasants, and you know they've got no style and no class, and they all wear brown and they're all a bit rubbish. They're like they're like us, but worse. Um, and the reason I went to the marches um is i do at the time i was doing 15th century reenactment uh kind of since gone more into late 14th century stuff so i had a bunch of the kit kind of basic kit for the marches knocking around and something i always try and do at laps is if i'm playing a character where there's you know death might happen i just have a basic set of spare backup kit in my bag all the time and the backup kit i had was double and hose so sweet that's perfect for you know basic marcher kit um my Dornishman absolutely got mullered um just got absolutely cleaved into a puddle by some Jotun on a skirmish that went very wrong But
1: um, i'm sure you got plenty of glory out of it right which is the important thing so yeah yeah
3: glory yeah Ooh. yeah we, we, got, make... we got smoked wanna... on that one
1: if you want to make some glory, you've got to crack a few nobles. Do you know what I
3: mean? So um... <laughs> I'm stealing that. I'm stealing that for uptime.
2: Crack <laughs> um... as many as you <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah we go in. I'd love to talk
1: to you about like some Dornish, um marches history. Which I bear in mind, like I come into this as a complete idiot, right? So I'm going to ask some very basic questions later on, but definitely want to put a pin in that and ask about the relationship between the marches and Dorn. So you
2: may have noticed but
3: the Dornish and the marchers don't like each other very much. <laughs> hey, I, I resent that remark because I was married to one for a year and we all know how well that went. <laughs> um,
2: <Yes>. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, But no, um, so I, I died in Dawn. I had some basic marcher soft kit. I went and bought a big floppy hat from Honest Jim and I kind of toddled off to God and went, right, how the hell do I do a character? um yeah i knew nothing bear in mind i knew nothing about the marches and the computers they've got in god are an absolute no pun godsend hey they were <laughs> top of the line 20 or 30 years ago so well it was more that you know it was like an afternoon skirmish so i had some time to just sit around and sit down with the wiki in front of me and i went right i want this marcher. i don't know if i'm going to play him you know for more than the rest of this event i just want the most marchery marcher that ever did march um <laughs> so i picked a territory at random i picked Bregisland because you know i'm originally from kind of norfolk and lived it grew up in lincolnshire um so i'm pretty used to bogs and fens um and i kind of went right what's Bragisland's big thing eels eel farming sweet i'm an eel farmer from Bregisland, that'll do me and yeah. just kind of just kind of rolled out and ooard my way around
1: fantastic so i like the way that you kind of went into it um not really knowing exactly what to expect out the other end just to go and experience it through a set of circumstances and, and you've been there three years now i think that's uh i think that's i think that's fucking cool basically
3: oh, absolutely i mean i just wasn't expecting the community that i walked into you know i, I came out of dawn where i had a lot of friends and there's no knock on dawn out of character out of character they're a great bunch of people they've got a really solid community and a strong aesthetic and there's some good groups in there. The marches was just it just blew my mind. It was next level. The kind of community spirit that we had, it felt very real in a way that I've not really experienced at LARP in any other sense. I, 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 from,
2: sorry
3: about that, Lea. sorry am. Uh, from, <laughs> from an external point of view, I kind of I
1: feel that like when I'm interacting in the marches, it I definitely feel like everybody knows everyone, and like hmm. when you go and ask for somebody people will kind of point you in the right direction. It's, it's a weird, it's, it's fun. It's like, uh, it feels like a village, right? Like um, <clears throat> rather than a group of individual groups looking out for their own interests. It's a very communal vibe to the whole thing. Um, let's not get away from the original question. Sonia, would you please like to um, uh, go through maybe why you joined the marches and your kind of expectations before joining?
2: See, I can't remember why. Um, I <laughs> I can't remember exactly why I just did. There's um, I know that because I I was in I was in Maelstrom before Empire and then I did Empire and I, my first character was ill-advised because <laughs> everybody told me don't play an expat. It's not a good idea. You you, you know, but I I decided to play a Winter Market in Barishka because my group wanted to play brushkins but I wanted to play a wintermark person and and everyone told me don't do that and I did it anyway and it was really interesting in fairness and um just a train wreck of angst and then she died horribly in battle um and yeah I just I thought to myself I just I don't want this amount of angst anymore I spent I've been laughing since I was 17 and I was renowned for playing the angstiest angsty characters whoever I was and um and I kind of went I have anxiety disorder I don't need to feel (laughs) stressed all the time in in my hobby so let's try and create characters that are less angsty. And I tried in the past to create non-angsty characters, and all that happens is you you create a cheerful, happy-go-lucky person, and then they hit the field of play, and the plot angst and external angst happens to them, and they break. So I decided that I wanted to create a character who was, um, who had had a normal amount of of sort of hardships or or you know um upsetting things and had dealt with them in a healthy way and moved on so basically the sort of emotionally robust character that i i wish i was um, and um and I, this idea came to me i, I wanted to go for um, a sort of a, a herbalist apothecary thing and I, I tried that in a previous game and it hadn't really worked out and we we'd left that game so um I thought, I'll, I'll give that another go. And um, and I thought, yeah, Marches seems about right. When I was first creating my, my Wintermark character, you know, the Marches in the initial brief didn't appeal to me at all um, in the way that it was described as being dour and um, sort of cynical and gloomy, and I thought, that, that's you know, it all seemed very doom and gloom. But by the time I came to create my second character, it had been fleshed out a, a bit more, and there were more pictures of people actually in play. Um, and it seems, yeah, it, there was, they, it, it seemed more like the sort of place I could be at home. I didn't know anyone really in the marches. Um, I knew one or two people, but not very well. And uh, yeah, I I just I just turned up. I decided to play an independent character. I thought I've got enough laugh experience. I can I can pull that off. Um, don't recommend it for a newbie playing an independent necessarily. Although if you're gonna do that, do it in the marches. Um, independent would be someone who doesn't have a group. You just turn up on your own. Um, and by the time I turned up, out of character. I had several offers for groups that I could camp with or play with within 10 minutes of arriving there. Within five minutes of play, I had three group offers already because that's just the kind of place the marches is. Um, you know, you sit down and I go, oh, I'm a bit nervous. And they're like, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, come and join us. it's great, And um, yeah, that. Sold me on it 100%. I thought,
1: yeah, I made the right choice. Sonia, you said a bunch of stuff there that I found really interesting. One, the kind of idea of like maybe projecting some of your own personality. Some bits you do like, some bits you don't like onto a character. I think we're all guilty of that sometimes. And it can be quite a refreshing moment when you actually do notice those and can use use LARP in the right way, which is to kind of maybe develop some parts of your personality that you want to develop more in the right way. I think that's a really nice way of putting it. Um... Also, well, I did
2: differently this time, because I, I, you know, um, as I've been working a long time, and I've tried to play characters that are very much not like me and characters, but more like me and all characters that focus on certain bits. But um, this one was like, I want to play this to see if I can, to see what that's like. Um, and the first time I played Hattie, when I timed out at the end of the first day of playing Hattie, I went to bed. I walked off the field thinking, "Huh, I feel relaxed and happy at a larp event. This is weird." (laughs) Because before any experience of a larp event was like going to bed going, "Oh my god, that was too much." (laughs) And uh, yeah, this is an entirely different pace. And for a while, I was worried that I would be bored um but it was just a it's just a gentler pace with this one but i think you you can play a a full-on charging head first into everything character in the marches as well you know
1: i think i found i think one thing that i i've always i've i've been lucky in having i don't know whether i'm lucky or not but i've had some really fun interactions with marches like throughout my time at empire like ever so often I'll bump into like some crazy character coming out the marches who is incredibly generous and welcoming and really fun to RP with and just very distinct. Like uh, I remember I spoke to a couple of scarecrow gentlemen in a bar one night and that was just like a fun, you know, when you leave empire, you're like thinking about what happened in the weekend. And that's one of those things that comes up where you're like, well, that was really fun and really special, you know? But um, one thing I would say about the marches is um, as a good signifier of their kind of, general civic responsibility would be military training every t- at, at time in there's always like a, on friday night i see a whole bunch of marchers get together and they practice moving as a block of people together and fighting as one and i think that's a really nice little metaphor from an external point of view of of what it
3: looks like to be a marcher um yeah i think um in that sense not only in the military but in the sense of as you say civic responsibility as a community we are really well squared away um and i think so much of that has to do with the people who aren't necessarily at the top of the totem pole in character doing an absolute ton of organization out of character so that when we all hit the field everything's set up everything's squared away it's all organized there's no panic no rush and we can all just have a really good time um mm-hmm. you know I know again there are other groups or other nations where that is the case but I've never seen it as much as in the marches and the military training that's uh Chris Terry's brainchild uh he played will Talbot plays will Talbot uh used to be a general is <laughs> now a yeah he played i'm I'm just i'm I'm foreboding tomothy's having a a
1: very that's a very gangster thing to say he he was he was a nice guy you know what i mean like he's still walking around
3: (laughs) um but um that he he, as I understand, it, he was one of the first people to really push that. There's also Wait- Rachel Westra who played General Flowers and did die. My fault, kind of got her killed. My bad. Um oh,
2: it was you? Uh,
3: I was in charge. You know that skirmish. That, that's so that that battle where all the Balstons carked it and everyone died in the Bill Block. That was my yeah. first battle in charge of the Bill Block. <laughs> <laughs> i love yeah.
1: that i love that first time out it's an a <laughs>
3: totally. show. oh Absolutely. oh I, fu- I fucked that one up bad like i'm like i think we're here we were over there i think the enemy enemy are over here they're over there next thing you know we're being flanked from like two sides i'm like oh fuck i'm so sorry everyone we're all going to die <laughs> that, that, that was literally me and everyone was so lovely about it is the worst thing you know i put a post up saying hey guys afterwards like hey guys really sorry made a mistake really enjoyed role playing with you. I hope you at least had a good death and everyone was so lovely about it. My friend, um, Sam,
1: my so friend just... Sam had something very similar happen to him. So I, I'm sure you're not alone in, no, like, no. I get the feeling on an awful lot of skirmishes, like, yeah, you can do certain things and you can, yeah, but a lot of the times it is rolling the dice on what PD have for you past the gate. Right? Like sometimes, oh, okay. sometimes you're going to roll a natural one and that's just how it is, you know? Oh, for sure.
2: Um, yeah, but, but sometimes it's totally your general's fault. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it is. I'm, sorry, I'm a little bit... My, my first character's death, I totally blamed it on my general all the time. It's only years later that I've gone, well, maybe it might have had something to do with the fact that I was armed with a tiny butler and a, a, a one-handed axe and my tactic was to charge headfirst of the enemy. And maybe that might have also have something to do with it. But... It was also
1: totally my own spot, so <laughs> yeah. I think courage is a virtue, but so is like wisdom and vigilance are also virtues. So yeah. you know, we have to kind of get a combination. Um, I just want to talk to you, like, from um, because there might be people listening to this that have never played. Um, what what sort of uh, can you kind of maybe give me a, a description of? like marcher customs and dress and general filter. you touched on like the dour side of, of what they are, but I, I don't know whether that necessarily plays that way in the field.
2: So I reckon that that's possibly an impression that other nations have of the marchers and stuff, particularly if you get on their bad side, that it's kind of, it's a bit like, it, it's all very, in character it's very insidery so um you, you you put your your own family before you put the you, the, the rest of the village you know oh, her down the road but then if somebody from another village criticized her her down the road then you're like oh no no them from that other village and then and then if someone someone from another territory criticised that other village, you go, hey, 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 you can't go around criticising upholders, and then if someone else criticises the marchers, then the whole marchers band together, and oh, oi, 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 you can't criticise them, you know, and and it, it it's all in terms of it, it's all defined in, in a kind of us and them bit and if you're on the right side of that fence, then you're all right
1: <laughs> I think I've seen both, really I think there's a kind of because I I can't remember what happened. I asked a question or something that was, the guy looked at me like, what? I think he was like, you know, sometimes people can lead into questioning or for whatever reason, and it can be like, are you asking for this reason or that reason? And immediately it was like a stone wall face, like met me by having said just the slightest wrong thing. Whereas Mm -hmm. other times I've been there and they've just been like, Incredibly welcoming and friendly, so I think that's kind of something that really plays in the field is that we stand together, um, even if we might disagree with each other behind closed doors. You know,
3: mm. oh, absolutely. I mean,
2: the uh, oh, my
3: uh, have, sorry. Um, um, the, the best, um, the best description, kind of as a joke, but it fits really well. I've ever seen of us as a nation <clears throat> is we're all happy medieval villagers, but it's the village from The Wicker Man yeah um that, and that's
2: something, that's something
3: <laughs> I re- that's something i really like to lean into actually is that yeah i'm functionally a fairly simple bloke from a a simple farming life but there's old traditions and there's old traditions that are not for outsiders to know about and there is a an undercurrent of darkness and Mysticism and it's quite spooky really with the marches. And I love that we play that up sometimes when we choose to scare the outsiders.
1: There's also a a fatalism to the thing, right? Like in death, you get turned into mulch, is something I hear a lot, right? Like the (laughs) idea if of someone disappearing because they did something wrong within the marches, and the militia having no idea who did it, and everyone going, I don't know who you're talking about, who were just murdering someone five minutes earlier, you know, while they're trying to drag them off in a sack. Like that's, a, that's definitely the vibe. Like, uh, and I really love the Wicker Man reference, by the way. <laughs> See, uh. there's
2: that side of things, but my character doesn't get involved in any of that because she's a total cinnabon. <laughs> um, well, you're, you're the, the like, super wholesome I, side. I, 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 um, I represent the wholesome part of the marches, except occasionally when she decides to be a bit naughty. But, like, um, there's... I don't know. Because um, there, is, there is kind of the dark... You can't, there are parts of it that you can see in a dark, sinister, shadowy way, but we're not Varushka.
1: <laughs> that's a very, that's a very good point though, right? Like, because there are, I think like, um, there is like maybe bleed from different nations into other nations. And I think there is like, there are similar, I'm not saying identical, similar vibes of some march, uh, marcher and varushkan traditions, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the same in the in real world cultures as well, that you get some similarities in different cultures. But I think the thing about marches, the word if I had to pick one word for marches, it would be pragmatism. Mm. I mean, you wait, what you say is, um, I don't know, did you say cynical or when you were talking about the mulch, um, fatalistic?
1: Oh, fatalism is more what I mean, rather yeah. than cynicism. No, I
2: would call it pragmatism. Because, uh, you know, marches are Basically, like, um, but the, the the thing about the bodies becoming mulch is actually um, that marchers have a very strong connection to land, and land is a, a sort of almost sacred thing for them. And not that they, they not in a religious sense, but in a as an emotional sense, I guess, um, because they marched from dawn to establish their own country and they, they claim this bit of wilderness and, and, and they, they put the work in to turn it into rich farmland after the sweat of their own backs and so for them land is important and they are part of the land so the food that comes from the land feeds them so in a way they they grow out of the land and then when they die they go back into it so the the the, the land of the marches is the marcher people and the people are the land they they they're connected and they're one and that's that's represented in some of their um, traditions it has something in the poppets but i'm not going to tell you what because because that
1: would be <laughs> a, a but and also there's there's well. there's there's a distinction as well like you don't worship the land the land works for you right like there's a uh like you're yeah. masters of your own destiny almost right
2: yeah oh and um, you know the song on ilkley more about that yes yeah. i think that kind of sums it up quite nicely right because you you die then worms will eat up thee then ducks will eat up worms then we shall eat up ducks, then we shall have eaten thee, which is kind of gross and sinister, but also it it, it refers to how everything just it, it all just keeps going. It connects, and
1: right? We're all um, part of
2: the land on the land spot, So that's that's how and but it's it's not seen in any kind of I mean it's not a, kind of a la dar poetic way. It's also in it's in a very real and very down to earth sense. So as I say, it's it's pragmatism. And you you use, you know, and that the bodies feed the land and if you've got something that does the song about Marcha Grow bag, which is the the one that everybody knows, <laughs> you're going home in a Marcha Grow bag. Yeah. The, if you listen to the verses of that, that's all about um you know um, uh, the don't worry you won't go to waste. Because actually, the um, uh, March's idea of something horrific and terrifying and spooky and and, and just wrong that you get in that, uh, you know, if, if March has had horror films, then um, that would be a, a tomb, like in High Guard, like being preserved, the body being preserved in a tomb forever is just like, oh God, no, that's just wrong. Oh, yeah. you, you, you're separated from the land. You don't get to go back into it. That's horrible. And the, the um, there's a lot of, um, when people die in battle, it's a it's a terrible tragedy if you can't get their body back. Um, but you go with a little bit of marcher soil in your pocket and some apple seeds so that a marcher apple tree can grow on top of you if you die in enemy lands. So I did
1: that- not know that. That's cool.
3: Yeah, I think um, Sonia raises a really solid overview there. I mean, if I had to kind of boil it down... Who are saying uh, it'd be "From Earth We Come, To Earth We Go," which you'll oh, hear yeah. in song. You'll hear it in um, "March of Lasses, March of Lads," and I can never remember the official title of that. But um, yeah, the, it's "From Earth We Come, To Earth We Go." Um, and in exactly, she's exactly correct when Tony says um, that uh, the land is important to us, but not religiously. Wintermark, obviously, their big thing is people, right? Mm-hmm. Three peoples, one nation. With the marches, it's about the land. And I actually had a very interesting argument with a Wintermark general at Kingstoke-Wassail, which is just the most beautiful player event. That is the epitome of marching as
2: kingstoke
3: Um But, but we, we were drinking um, quite late at night and um, we are just kind of thrashing out what was going on in the war in Bregasland, which is where my character's from. And my character has this very strong opinion that, no, we shouldn't give it up under any circumstances, even if we're coming back later to take it back, because Mm -hmm. it's the land that matters. And she was trying to advance the point to me. But, yeah, if we retreat and take it back, we can, you know, save more lives and lose less people and like bollocks to the people. It's the land that's important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's the principle of the thing
1: and also there's a there's almost a responsibility in death that you're giving back to the nation right like your death is is gonna be productive to the nation even in death you're still giving something back right and it's and you're disappointed that you can't do that if you don't get the body
3: back and if
2: Um, you you say productive to the nation i'd just like to clarify no to the land
3: to land right Mm. right um i mean in terms of getting the body back as well it's really interesting um the kind of the finest thing that can happen to the marches. We be, in the marches, we believe in animal reincarnation. Um, yeah. and yeah. Highguard Highgard tried to diddle us about that um, with the heterodoxy, and it didn't very it didn't go very well for them. Um, it's just one of the ways that the marches is very different to everyone else.
1: Well, hold on. Are you saying that like within the marches, there's a belief that you can come back as an animal, and therefore animals can come back as people?
2: Not everyone. Oh, yep.
1: Okay, we're getting into controversial ground. Good, just a, <laughs> a controversial sp- warning. Okay, don't try not to hit the forums too hard after this. Relax yourself. Yeah, take
3: a minute. Let's listen to Marcus talk for a second. Okay, sorry. Long, long, <laughs> long, and sh- long and short of it, as as my character understands it, if if nice. you are a, if you are a shithead in life, you will reincarnate as a really crap animal like, you know, a vermin animal, like, you know, a crow or a rat or something. And you've basically got to kind of do your time there before you can reincarnate as a human, you know, following the way of virtue and going through the labyrinth. It's considered kind of part of going through the labyrinth if you're a dickhead. Whereas Um, if you're an amazing person, the best thing that can happen to you is you reincarnate as a tree. Wow. Sonia, would you care to
1: respond?
2: Um, so, um, my character's husband is a priest, so I've had a lot of this kind of, um, talk about it, and it's like, well, maybe that's the case, or maybe it might be that part of somebody's essence and their memories are what goes into the tree while their spirit actually goes into the labyrinth. So Mm -hmm. it's actually like an echo of the person so that's a another take on that but um out of character seems to me to be a watered down version of it of, of them going oh yeah well, we want to keep our traditions but we also don't want to piss off the church so we'll go yeah. this way and Hattie being the sort of ultimate fence sitter that she is absolutely goes oh well if we can make everybody
1: happy then yeah let's go for that one so I, I just i haven't heard that before and i absolutely love that as being an in-game thing i find the religious game is something that i viewed at with almost uh trepidation and fear like looking at it from the outside because i was like oh, what if i say something stupid then i'm lynched for being a heretic but it's really refreshing to hear people kind of Understand their nation's role and understanding of the way, and it makes me uh, think of like you know how Christianity seemed to kind of morph to like in in Nordic lands where Christianity came, Jesus was like a axe wielding, armor clad badass, right? Like a very different Jesus to the more Central Europe way, and I think that's in a, in an abstract way that's kind of what you're saying there with the march's understanding
3: of of land and the way, right? Um. Yeah, I mean, if you want to... Like, having a chat with a priest of every different nation is something that's on my bucket list. I've done it with three or four different nations. It's just amazing just to sit down with someone with a drink and go, what is your... You know, how do, how do you perceive the way? Oh, that's mm. different. We think of it like this. And you get some amazing backstory from that.
2: Mm-hmm. But I, I, I will... I'm with Dave on the fact that the religion game is terrifying. Um, and... um that it's one of the things that out of character has me going. Wait a minute, are we the bad guys? Because-
1: oh yeah, no, 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 no. Don't. I've spoken to PD. We're definitely the bad guys. Just we are awesome so the bad guys. Guys. Um, 100% the bad guys. Um, one hundred percent the bad guys.
2: See, it's the censorship thing. The the you say the wrong thing and you can get executed for it.
1: Exactly. That's why but that that adds to this kind of like and bear in mind like i'm talking as a player that potentially might be coming back as a priest or maybe converting to like i find the religious game interesting uh like on a philosophical uh, philosophical level you know so um but what i like is sometimes the the hushed tones in a bar of when it's dark and you hear someone just kind of telling you stuff that you're like Wow, you're really uh, you're really bumping across that line, and there's a reason why you're keeping your voice down. I, I don't know; it adds a lot of kind of drama to the the mundanity of talking about philosophy. You know. Well, on
2: the Absolutely. other hand, if you if you don't say it in a hushed voice and you you blurt something out like Hattie does, and then everyone in the room stops talking and looks at you, and then you have to <laughs> backpedal furiously because um, uh, not not that that's ever happened to me.
1: <laughs> no obviously obviously not <laughs> um can we can we briefly talk about um the like the dress code and how you would recommend players maybe um source some gear and how you kind of approach your characters um i should say um
2: costume's are always a bit funny let's call it kit right yeah soft kit is the term okay who wants uh, to start
3: i can jump in because mine's actually pretty short um much like my trousers, um, <laughs> those legs though. Like... <laughs> so, um, I was very lucky when I came to the marches that I was already a medieval reenactor. Now, we have in the past as a nation had a bit of a rep, a bad rep, which I think is ill-deserved for being, oh, you've got to wear reenactment kit otherwise you don't fit in, and that's complete rubbish.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: But the marcher aesthetic is strongly influenced by. 14th and 15th century medieval Europe in the same, and in, in especially England in the same way that the league, for example, is influenced by Renaissance Europe or, right. um, you know, winter Zenist. marks introduced. By, yeah, absolutely. Or winter marks in, um, influenced by Saxon um, clothing and mm-hmm. kind of fashion. Mm-hmm. The marches, that's, that's our wheelhouse is, you know, late medieval England and Europe. And there's a few different trends. The marches fashion and game fashion at empire is really fascinating you know there are yeah. in character fashion publications like the looking glass and you do oh, yeah. see people modifying their clothes their characters kit because their character is chasing fashion trends that's insane um,
1: i haven't heard of this before but that's the coolest thing i love that
3: the looking glass is run it's run by two love lovely league-ish ladies three lovely lynch ladies
1: don't we've had too many league people on recently or people that are about to join the league We're, I'd love to talk to them but maybe after a few episodes because uh, honestly it's like league bizanza at the moment it's it's uh, it's awful oh,
2: mate, uh, well, they're, I mean they're, they're all right but they're a bit too lardy da you know a bit well I'm not saying they're like the dawnish, but they are a bit fancy like <laughs> <Exactly. laughs>
3: oh, and a bit and their beer taste like piss <laughs>
1: I have to say uh, that's good to mention. Uh, marcher beer is some of the best you'll find. Like, um, yeah, it's really good. Like, as someone that uh, is a an aficionado of intoxicating myself, I really find uh,
3: you got to stop in at the marches and grab a beer or two. It's fantastic. Get yourself one recommendation I'd give any new player: get yourself down the Mandala, Mandala's Arms, which is the Marcher Bar, the uh, King Stoke Bar. Early <laughs> is that the on Friday. Is that-
1: is that the big one that's
3: like? And I think it's a white tent. Is that the one that you that I'm thinking of? So it's a white tent because the big green one is our community hall, which we'll touch on later. I'm sure. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: sure. Um, Remind me about that if I, we don't bring it up, because that's pretty important for Hattie. Yes,
2: yes. Um, well, it's
3: important for everybody. In the community hall um, It is the marches, but uh, yeah, that's Oh God, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the man, man, get yourself a pint of the dark. At the Mandalas, because it's just the best. It's sublime. And they they normally only have like two or three kegs and it goes super quickly. Um, it's one of my favorite things about Empire is I can swap fake money for real beer. Um, but um, so what I'm actually wearing, they look like kind of football socks. They're not those are my trousers. Um, they're called split hose, which is a very common medieval garment. And it's basically like trousers, but there's no kind of crotch or bum to them. You just wear them like trouser sleeves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you can wear them rolled up um, where they tie onto your underwear or rolled down like I do where they show off your legs. And then all I'm wearing is a simple kind of medieval shirt and then the most, two most important bits of my kit, at least for my money, my livery, which is the big red and yellow short-sleeve coat I wear over the top of my shirt, which is in my house colors, and that instantly identifies to any marcher who I am. That tells them that I'm from House Bridger, and if they know who House Bridger are, they know that we're from Bregisland. they know that there's quite a few of us you know it give it informs who I am. it's much like because we're descended from them a Dornish heraldry. I love that yeah. as a as an attitude towards kit as well, and I think this is
1: something that might be intimidating as a new player when you look at more experienced players and and you can't quite put your finger on why other people's kit fucking rocks, right? And one thing that you'll realize when you talk to a few players that like, like, do stand out is because they've, they are in the world, right? Their kit is part of their character and their identity. And I think that's a really nice like, uh, way to approach like uh, in what could potentially
3: be seen as from the outside as being very dour or uniform, right? Absolutely. And we're all about color in the marches. We are a riot of color. When we're all gathered together yes. the flowers almost nobody in the marches just wears brown Uh, we kind of got the the reputation of the brown ring nation i can't think of too many people that just wear brown everyone's got (laughs) you've got color you're colorful the first thing that i think Uh, of when i think of you is color
2: that's weird because i have a big brown skirt
3: i'm I'm, it's because i do you know why it is i think mm. It's because my mind goes to face. What someone's face look like. There's hair, there's color, there's life. I'm like, oh yeah, they're wearing clothes too. They've got kit on. Well, this
2: um, is green in fairness. But yeah. it's reversible. Um and the other side is also brown.
3: <laughs> we'll talk about we'll talk about accessorizing and stuff as well because that's super Yeah, I
1: was I was about to say the the this is like Um, I think a lot of people can feel very generic in, in whatever nation I'm talking about here as well. I think any nation can be feel guilty of this. I think, um, accenting, uh, little bits of your kit that make you, you is, is Mm. part of your, like, it it makes me, um, get into character more. It makes me understand my character more. Um, even if it's bits that I get that aren't necessarily that I'm consciously trying to get to develop my character, the kit can then develop my character. So it's not just a one-way street, you know?
3: For sure. And in terms of accessory for my character, Tomothy's big thing, I've got a giant white floppy hat. It, it started as kind of one of those pilgrim hat kind of jobbies, so the sort of 17th century kind of things, um, mm-hmm. because it's felted. Well, it was starched. It's been rained on God knows how many times. It's now very floppy. Um, I always wear a feather in it, because I like feathers, they look cool, and I kind of alternate whatever feather I happen to find per event as they get damaged. And it's covered in badges. Um, Hob, um, who runs Hob's Fancies on Trader's Row, an ex-marcher, Dan Taos, wonderful craftsman. He makes just the best pewter badges, both medieval copies and also stuff that has come up in play in Empire. Um, Mm -hmm. And My hat is covered in those badges, so I've got things like I've got a bill badge, which is because I serve in a bill block, I command a bill block, so I wear a bill badge. Um, I wear a son in his splendor, which is one that my in-character wife gave to me before we got divorced. Um, I've got the boar's head of the tusks, which is the symbol of my army. Um, So it's all things like that that. Things that real people would wear, that's the kind of thing that I try and put into my kit is, when I'm at Anvil, when I'm portraying Tomothy, I'm you know portraying Tomothy as a real person as much as I can. So right. what, why has he got that? Well, it's not just something that I saw in a shop and thought, well, that looks shiny. For me, it's that's something that's connected to my character. And if someone asks me about it, I can talk bollocks at them for 10 minutes and we can have a really good time just chatting bollocks, which is at the end of the day, one of my favourite things about LARP. You sit down with someone else and you both pretend to be people at each other.
1: Yeah, I think this is a, a great. Uh, you raised a good point there. Was um, the idea of receiving gifts and giving gifts is something that can really help out yourself and other characters, right? By giving them something, uh, even if it's on the surface of it, isn't is a token item. The moment can mean a lot, and when you put it on, it means something to you and can help with your RP, right? Oh,
2: Absolutely. I have a pair of gloves that were given to me by a uh, by Hattie's friend in Nebraska. Which she, out of character, hand knitted, um, in in Hattie's in green and brown with leaves on it, and like it's so a marcher style. So it's it's someone from the Brass Coast making something marcher style because she knows Hattie will like it. That character, that Brass Coast character, then died, and um, like Hattie just always. Wears you know, brings these gloves with her to Anvil and always wears them. And whenever someone compliments her on them, she goes, "Oh, my friend Ramira made them for me," and, uh, and then and then she gets a bit tearful.
1: Yeah, I love that. I really that, like uh, touch wood. Uh, I haven't had uh, anyone give me a gift then die, but um, it's usually the other way around, isn't it? Where you receive a nice oh. piece of kit and then you get murdered. So um, oh, new, or, or, new or kit, new kit curse. That, yeah. No,
2: that's if you buy a load of new kit out of character that's not, a, that's not a... oh is that
1: different is it is the curse broken if it's given by another person
2: is that how it works it, it, yeah and the, the point is that you put either a load of resources or out of character effort into assembling a new kit and you finally get it right and then your character dies because it's it Sol's law
1: i think i am a fairly secular guy usually but um even i'm starting to genuinely believe that the new kit curse is real right like i wonder if we did a poll of all empire players do you actually believe in the new kit curse i wonder how many people would be like yes it's very
3: real and you should be very careful around it it's the new it's the new kit curse and the gods of larp weather
2: <laughs> yeah. Who, for some reason matt pennington has uh, somewhere down the line pissed
3: off oh, oh god yeah oh.
2: i
1: did i did to-
2: weather
1: gods but um i did get andy Raff to actually admit as much he actually does have a secret weather machine and uh he's a <laughs> truly diabolical human being so you know we're all a big fan of matt and what he's done and, and the entire empire team but just be wary around them folks there's an evil force to them so uh we enjoy the game but be aware that the terrible weather is matt's fault so be very careful
3: around that you know it's, it's the best and... thing about kit in the marches actually is it's all good for cold weather
1: mm.
2: Um, I, I would like to talk about my hat.
3: Yes,
1: please okay. do.
2: Now, Hattie's hat is famous, and I will admit that I fully intended it to be, um, because yeah, I, gonna, they, I I want to
1: clarify, um, Hattie, is that as a reference to the hat?
2: I'm getting to that. Uh, sorry so, I. Apologize. As I was just about to say, when I was constructing my character concept in my head. And I was like, oh, I should get a hat. And I, I thought, ooh, the hat should be a, a talking point. And then when people say, Oh, you called hattie because of your hat, she go, No, it's just a coincidence. <laughs> and that that is that is the thing about it. Um, and that was that is entirely OOC deliberate. Um, but I had this idea of of just someone who's a bit scatterbrained and just put everything in her hat for safekeeping. Um, and this this hat that just gradually accumulates stuff. So um, if I may put my video back on, I can give you a tour of it. Um, sure. I can show you this. Hopefully it won't uh, mess things up. Okay, we're I,
1: trying I, to give I, a, I, a good I, description it's for it's your totally audio listening.
2: So um, I, I bought oh, a oh my fairly plain brown, floppy, broad-brimmed hat from uh, Chow's Emporium, I think it was. Um, they, they you get there's loads of these um, and you can wear them in different ways you can make them tr- a tricorn for uh, that's not empire specific, but um, oh, oh, don't
1: do not wear a tricorn hat everyone no, you'll be
2: a tricorn in empire uh, <laughs> and for other settings, um, you can make it bicocket, you can make all sorts of things. But um I've just pinned up one flap with this um sort of straw flower badge. Um, and then I started Putting things on it now. One of my favourite things that I've got in here is a random key, right? Um, that I found at one point. Um, I decided that hat and it, it's it's attached to a, a fine chain, um, which is pinned to the hat so it doesn't get lost. This is Hattie's door key, which um, nobody's ever really. It's tucked away. No one ever really sees it, but it's there. If anyone examines the hat, they will find a key, which is Hattie's door key. Um, out of character, I have no idea what it's the key for. Um, <laughs> it has a needle and thread. it's got oh, there's always a hand key tucked in the front, easily accessible for emotional moments, so she can whip it out and dab at her eyes. Um, there's a little tiny teapot charm hanging off the front because her name is Hattie Brewcup. She actually brews medicinal teas, not not like nice teas for drinking. She brews medicine. Um, right. uh, I'll get to that in a bit. This is a, a charm that I won in a pie contest. Um, and uh, then there's this little book where um she's and it's usually got a pencil tucked in there as well so that she can uh, write um, stuff down because otherwise she'll forget. Little sort of charms and bits that she's picked up here and there. And four different poppets. As much as need poppets. Now,
1: what's a poppet, for those that don't know?
2: It's for those that don't know and for those who are not in the nation, it looks like a little doll.
1: Yeah, it does look like a lot like a voodoo doll is how I would describe it, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. Funny that.
1: Yeah. I, I've always been a big fan of the marches, by the way. I just want to say that now before we go any further and do any marches listening to this. Big fan. Lovely people. Uh, so, poppets
2: have lots of different cultural significance and reasons, and they're, they're part of different rituals and different aspects of Marcher Half magic. Um, and each of these four puppets um, have a different purpose. Hattie. They're, they're all there for different reasons. I
1: love how, even in this conversation, you guys are being cagey with me as an outsider, and, and I love it. I absolutely love it. so good. It's like, From an yeah.
2: perspective, we don't want to spoil it.
1: Yet. No, and I love that as well. It's it's so good. Like the if you want to know about marches stuff and know all the things
3: there is now about marches, you've got to join the marches. Oh yeah, this isn't this isn't we're not a cult we promise we just look really similar to one <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah if you have to say we're not a cult you're definitely a cult that's my experience of being an empire for sure
2: <laughs> this one is my healing puppet one of the things i love about empire is half magic healing um in that you can invent whatever bollocks you want um and 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 say and, and use it as your your um, role play for your healing. I've got someone who, who does crystal healing and like waves stones around on people and 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 like say various things. You don't even have to touch the person, um. And but you should you know it's, it's helpful to flavour it with your hearth magic and it works. So I can go. I've got my puppet. I do stuff to my puppet, and now you're better. And I love that. Um, but it's blank. Right. This this puppet for, for for listeners is a plain cloth doll with no face, no clothes, no nothing. The purpose of that is that Hattie can make it be anyone mm. like a voodoo doll. So she can use that to heal someone with
1: so would that be like you take a uh, without being too specific but taking an item or something that represents the person and applying it is is that how it works
2: that's how hattie usually does it she'll sometimes bandage it bandage its little leg or whatever but my favorite thing is that she then goes oh kissy better <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> and it works <laughs>
2: And it works, which is brilliant.
1: God, <laughs> Think of the possibilities, am I right? Oh, my goodness.
2: Right <laughs> In full plate, and, and Hattie doesn't go on the battlefield, but um, she does do healing at, at football matches, which are much more brutal than battles. We'll get to that at some point. Oh, yes. um, but yeah, but having these massive, hard, like, Huge guys run, clomping around in armor, and, and, then, and then and then they go to be healed. And Hattie's like, "Oh, kissing
1: better." <laughs> <laughs> what, what were you? What did you just reference then? The uh, some sort of fighting? Like what? What is that? Uh, foot
2: the ball. <laughs> oh, you must have heard of foot the ball.
1: For the for the what? Sorry. Foot, foot the, the ball. ball. Foot the ball.
2: Yes, yeah. coming home. home.
1: No, oh my, no, no, I'm out. I've made a terrible mistake in my guess so far. Oh my goodness. Let's so end the podcast now. Go on, tell
3: me, what is foot the ball? Yes. Um, Marcus, do you want to take this
2: one?
3: <laughs> so, foot the ball is the national sport of the marches. It is the greatest sport ever invented. It is medieval football. <laughs> I'm um, for- my, my, my,
1: my hand went straight to my... Face And I'm just shaking my head right now. It's, uh yeah, please um, continue. For
3: the, for, the, for the uninitiated, medieval football historically was more akin to a rugby match crossed with a fight between two villages and was banned on several occasions as a form of public disorder.
1: Yeah, um, I've actually been, um there's, there's a, I went to a thing out just outside of Leicester called bottle kicking, I think it's called, where yeah. two villages get a keg and literally it's like a giant zero referee game of rugby and it's incredibly brutal and it was yeah. one of the most life-affirming things i've ever done it was terrifying and awesome you know yeah. so you, you you've you've played foot the ball yeah. oh, i was that, that
3: kind of the vibe is um, it is
2: that, but I- the, the object is a leather a brown leather ball um spherical not not egg-shaped but it, mm-hmm. it um, and you're not allowed any weapons longer than your forearm is that right
3: yeah, yes. no, no weapons longer than your forearm, and, well, no, bladed seems- wep- and no bladed <laughs> weapons. Well, that seems so safe. It now seems um,
1: so safe and reasonable. Uh, you imagine- count
2: more traumatic wounds in a football match than in, uh, um, than in one of the battles. This is yep. a big fact. This has been uh, you, you count, and you are more likely to get a traumatic wound card playing football than you are in a battlefield.
3: Yep. I mean, so at the core, it is as well what I would call a semi-contact sport, out of character. Right. Um, You know, it's you know we're not going like hard and absolutely walloping each other, but it is a collision sport. You know, we are charging around, bashing into each other. There's a little bit of wrestling, a little bit of grabbing. I I
1: feel you're
3: kind of uh, you should
1: always. Err on the side of caution, right? And so it it is
3: refed. The big thing I should, it's it's refed by PD refs when we play at Anvil. Awesome. Um, So it is, there is safety there. And what they'll say is it normally follows almost Empire's grapple rules, um, which is with consent, with a ref, that sort of thing. And the ref will say, hey, just a heads up, you are consenting to physical contact if you play this game. And I can't think of a time we've had any kind of proper OOC injuries, which, you know, is a testament to. The fact that we're playing the game the right way i think
1: yeah no one really wants if if you're going out there to actually hurt people at empire then please don't go to empire anymore you've missed the point entirely precisely yeah
2: my favorite thing though um about watching a football match is when you get two people who are um effectively miming punching the shit out of each other with massive grins on their faces like huge (laughs) grins on their faces just just like, 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 pretending to punch the crap out of each
3: other. And it's just beautiful. So <laughs> I, remember, I remember one time Will Talbot used magic, which is uh, obviously a foul. So uh, three of us grabbed it. So three people grabbed his legs and stomped on his giblets like a wishbone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so do you have
3: to be a marcher to play?
2: Um,
1: Kind
3: of.
2: Depends if it's a home or away match.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um... Home games are obviously the marchers versus the marchers, and the marchers always win yep um <laughs> it's a great result for everyone involved, Yep. Yeah. and then away games we do occasionally the last one I can think of was kind of Kingstoke with sale, but um it's it's almost an honor, I think, to be invited to play football because it right. means it means as a nation that we think, yeah, you're all right, you are
2: you're all right.
3: It's yeah. like the orc pit, right? Like yeah, everyone gets to go to the orc pit,
1: but if you are there, you're meant to be there and it's a sign of honor and respect, right? Like uh... we've played the, we've
3: played the orcs a few times as well because mm. we love them. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah, the
2: orcs
3: love football. They're great at it as well. They play hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: In fact, I would think um like martial ability, not that we can generalize too much, but I think the, the I have Equal fear as a monster, if it's Imperial orcs and Marches, like both of them are very effective fighting forces. Um, different, very different styles,
3: but both deeply effective in their own ways. You know, it's because we train. It's because we train. Um, uh, I, I'm convinced it is because of the hard work people like Chris Terry and Mitch Lawrence and George Barone put into training those of us that go on the field right I, that's that's our effectiveness you know we what we always say is we're not warriors we're not heroes you know we're not dornish or wintermark we're soldiers and soldiers do their job and they listen to orders and they get the job done yeah, I think with a, a there's a lot of
1: pole arms and long weapons in the marches, and you can feel very exposed individually carrying one of those weapons. Absolutely. You're basically defenseless against archery unless you're wearing heavy armor, and if you're wearing heavy armor, then you're yeah, I mean you're just oping the whole thing and you're pay to win. But um, the, <laughs> um, the 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 unity is strength aspect to the fighting style of the marches uh, comes across very well, right? Like uh, you you very rarely do they break they fight as one unit and they absolutely
3: devastate when they when they go they go hard and it's it's oh, gotcha. terrifying I, mean, I i feel very honored to kind of command one of the bill blocks and absolutely everything you said that the 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 folks that fight under kind of my command i just kind of point them in a direction blow my whistle and watch them absolutely lawnmower some poor fuckers. And lawnmower is
1: a way to describe it right. It feels like a lawnmower. It's just bashing through like the you can try and resist against it, but you're you're waiting for someone to flank them, is what you're actually doing when you're fighting the marches. You're not gonna win that face-to-face fight, you know? No. See,
2: I, I've never been like my character is a non-combatant. Mm-hmm. Partly because having lost my previous character, I wasn't ready to use another, Um sure. also um, that I don't have the energy because actually they're physically very demanding, and I often find yeah. sleep very well at LARP events. Um, so I only just about have enough energy to get through a LARP event, and if I do the battles, it it just it just finishes me. I can't do it. Yeah, um, maybe
1: we should. Maybe we should touch on that very briefly that you don't have to be a combat character to get a lot out of the game and you're not alone in being a non-com right like there are a lot of really great players who are not involved in combat this aspect of the game i I, I really enjoy
2: to say that um that i i I am you know there there is part of me that regrets it because i hear the tales of battle and i just know that 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 i have been in a couple of battles as my previous character and it's it's electric it's amazing um, and the adrenaline is, is like nothing else. But just hearing um, Marcus talking about um, how effective um, and, and uh, you know, and hearing you as well, an outsider uh, complimenting the marches as a fighting force, I feel a surge of pride. Um, and it's like, well, it, it, it's it, it's weird national patriotism. A, a fictitious nation it's it's the strangest thing but i have such a strong feeling of, of loyalty and pride towards my nation <laughs> like, I, yeah. think,
3: I think we all do i really do if you look at our facebook page it's yeah. so supportive and the community even when we're off the field is just so strong it's unbelievable
1: yeah, I think this is something. Um, th- th- I I would say it's very special in uh, the marches, but uh, like I'm a Navarre, right? And I love Navarre, love Navarre deeply, passionately. It's 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 one of my like uh, the, the the. But we we reach the unity in different ways, right? Absolutely. Like, um, but the result of being a a lucky player who gets to go and play empire and feel that unity with with strangers right like and people that um like you might not agree on politics or 101 different things outside the game but you'll stand together and risk like the things that your your character that you really care about for someone else standing next to you because of your nation. And I I think there's something really beautiful in that. And I think that's something that we can like, I think it's, we can all enjoy that aspect to it. You know,
3: I think the best example of March community spirit I've ever seen actually uh, was, was a battle, but it was before the battle. Um, Mm. and when we, when we go to battle, we form up and, you know, we form into our columns and we march off and we got the drum going and we'll have our musicians playing and we'll sing our songs. um, and, you know, we march up to the Sentinel Gate and we make, you know, a very brave martial sight. But then we mm-hmm. get to the gate and there's the marcher non-coms. So many of the marching non-combatants there seeing yeah. us off, giving us potions, giving us a bollocking, saying you better not come back dead or I'll kill you. You yeah. know, stuff like it's just so beautiful. You actually you feel you go through the Sentinel Gate and you feel like you're going through the Sentinel Gate, you know, all as one together for home. And you're
1: fighting for the nation, right? Like, even if um, things go badly, you're going to do your absolute best to to do your best to get your your people out of there and achieve. Also, importantly, achieve the objective you're sent to do. Uh, I'm actually uh, an auxiliary in, um, so I, I, I'm a runner. So, so we've actually met before, Marcus, uh, very briefly, where I ran up to you and gave you and gave you a command from the thing, and your response was like you just asked what the, what it was what was required of you then you understood it and said don't worry we're going to get it done and then you just turned around to all the people and said we're going to go and do this and it was like i ran back there to the the field command being like yep they're uh they're definitely going to go and do that right now like was, <laughs> was, that, that, was,
3: that, was a... that the e4 battle i think so yeah i think so oh god that would have been just outside the fort where we wheeled um out of the fort to go into line against the yagara at Gorsebush corner and they kicked our asses up and down that field for an hour <laughs> you gave it your best shot though this is the important thing oh well i mean that that was that was a brutal fight actually because that was fighting in my character's homeland in Bregisland. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> my character had to be ordered by a senator to leave the field instead of making a last stand there uh, <laughs> that, that went that went very poorly there was a lot of crying from me a lot of very angry crying um i lost one of my housemates um actually my partner at the time he carked it um and you know it was a really brutal battle um but yeah Absolutely, absolutely. You must have caught me in a good mood then, because I, I, uh...
1: I think that might have been a different battle, actually. Because I think is that the one is that the one where there was a like a almost like a line it turned into a line battle. I think Wintermark. I think I was a monster and I was fighting Wintermark on the left
3: flank or our
1: left flank, your right flank on that battle. Yeah,
3: I think that that, that that was the one with the ice giants.
1: Yes, I was on the other side of that, doing terrible that, damage not... to you guys. And I oh. p- apologize.
3: <laughs> All right. I mean, um, but yeah, you must have caught. Well, gone.
2: Sorry, I, I, I just wanted to jump in, and because um, you were talking about the, the thing about being see, seen off at the Sentinel Gate, and I just wanted to let you know what that's like from the other side. Right. Yes, please. Because you don't get to see what happens after that. And every time there's there's this this thing with the non-coms, and we all look at each other and go, oh, you're, you're going to see him off. And go, Oh, yeah, we've got, to, we've got to go and see him off. And then, um, you know, and I'm standing with the the musicians and, um, you know, Hattie is singing her heart out. And she's looking at all these people. And the thing is, Hattie wants to be friends with everyone. And a lot of the time she succeeds. So she has a lot of love and affection for these people. And she's watching them, possibly, you know, knowing that some of them might not come back. And singing her heart out to them because she's like, I'm not going to show this. I'm not going to show that I'm worried for them. I'm not going to show my fear and concern. I'm going to put a bright smile on my face. I'm going to sing my heart out. And I'm going to make sure that they, they go off with um, courage and inspiration and, and feeling good because that, that will mean that they're more likely to win. Um, and then when the last of them go through and the music stops, And all the non-coms just look at each other nothing is said there's just this look and everybody knows what everyone else is thinking and then somebody goes right kettle on then yeah
1: i love that i i think this is like uh i think empire is a very beautiful game from many different perspectives right Mm. like you can play the game in a whole bunch of different ways and like um i i try and have like but my a good weekend for me is like i try and aim for free moments of immersion right and i mean full like full immersion which can be scary because there is such thing as bleed where maybe things become too intense and can become too personal but for me i'm like a, a dog chasing cars almost where i those moments are what i really crave and search out when i'm at empire is is stories like that sonia i think that's really wonderful
2: I just you go back to the camp after that, and it's 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 like a ghost town because mm. everyone who um, is in the battle, you know, you got not only everyone who's in the battle, but everybody else who is not in character fighting that day is off on manoeuvres, i.e., they're monstering. Yeah. So all you have left is the non Um and and you know, there's. It's just, it's, it's quiet, it's a time to get the washing up done, it's a time to have a nap, or, or rest, or, or tidy up. And uh, Hattie always makes sure that she has the Tom Drake's tea, which is, uh, other people will know as Tranquil Nostrum, which is one of the basic potions. Um, but you make it in a teapot, or, or a pot, so you make a whole pot of it at once, and everyone who drinks some of it gets healing. Um, so uh, Hattie always makes sure she has a pot of the Tom Drake's tea for when they come back from the battle and when they come back and everyone gets well you have to sit and rest for 15 minutes otherwise it doesn't work so it's a way of in and out of character, making sure that people sit down, have a sit and it's got um, honey and salt in it so it, 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 it gives you sugar and salt, it's like it's like rehydration salts in tea form almost right. Um. And you give it to everyone, and and it's um that's that's one potion that Hattie never charges for because that's her contribution to the war effort, and it, it's the you know I'm going to welcome back the soldiers, and she's she's it's always vitally important to her. Like everything else, puts on hold. No, I've got to have the Tom Drake ready for when they come back.
0: I
1: think I think giving someone like uh, something that is OC helpful to them i.e giving them salt and sugar after a giant adrenaline dump which a battle can be is is really cool i think i like that idea too
3: i i have missed tom drake's with both so much this last year and a half no just not be it it, it,
2: it's
3: it's one of those little moments for me i mean my events are so fucking hectic um Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm I'm that LARPer. I'll forget to eat and I'll forget to drink because I'm kind of bound from military council to a meeting to a skirmish to training. It happens to,
1: to the best of us. Happens to the best of us. Absolutely.
3: <laughs> and I'll just be dead on my feet. You know, after and after mm-hmm. the battle, you know, my I will blow my voice out screaming every battle, so my voice is shagged. I know that I've got about twenty minutes to kind of chill out before I've got to go to the next military council meeting, um, and do all the end of event stuff and just being able to sit down with a pot with you know with a mug of tom drakes and just you kind of just go whew, just decompress yeah. The
2: role play effect of it is that it makes you drowsy as well. So, um, um, uh, Hattie always goes around, right? You, it will make you drowsy, so do not try to operate any heavy farming implements or drive <laughs> for at least an hour afterwards. All right. <laughs> I always say the disclaimer to everyone, and it always gets a smile out of people.
3: And <laughs> uh, it's what you need, you know, we've had it off some really right? shit battles.
2: It always forces people to sit and rest, and and um, and when I have, I've, I've been teaching, I often get uh, the kids to help me with alchemy because they really enjoy that. And um, and one of the things I always say to the kids, right, who can tell me what is the most difficult part of making Tom Drake's tea? Yes, that's <laughs> right getting people to sit still for 15 minutes
1: <laughs> <laughs> one thing i would say i like about the march is there's always seating um i've always <laughs> managed to find a sit down place in in the marches whenever i've been visiting um uh, let's uh, we're, we're 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 pushing off time and i feel like we could talk for genuinely hours so i'm going to try and move the conversation on just a little bit um i actually have a question that i wrote down um which kind of leads into the kind of the community hall question but um if a tourist from another nation was going to visit um, the marches area in camp, what, what sort of sightseeing would you recommend they go
3: and uh, enjoy in the marches? Well, Sonia, this is you. Cause I'm never bloody there. <laughs>
2: um, yeah. Well, ov- obviously there's Mandela's arms. They used to be the Applewood Levy, but they don't often have a, uh, a tent these days. Merrick's is more of a place for marchers. But if you're a guest of a marcher, then you'll probably end up being taken there because it's it's a community hall, and it's the most amazing thing. Um, and I think that that Merricks is is the thing that makes marches stand out. Um, as a so patient, is, is
1: Merricks like a a bar for marches?
2: Effectively, is that what you're saying? No, no. Merricks is not a bar. Okay, um, okay. So the Merricks were a group. They were a household. Um, and when, when they were still in play, they, um, they set up this thing, which was a community hall, which is a really big sort of garage tent. And every household brought a banner to hang in it. And it's like having your, your village hall or your church hall. Um, and and um, there always is a kettle on so um you can eat, and marchers get free tea and coffee um all the time and um and it's used as a place to hold meetings it's like it, you could you can book slots in it um if you're a marcher and you know, uh, you know uh, i'm, I'm going to hold this meeting here um at this point so all about like the, the generals or the the religious meetings or whatever and if it's free um, there might be tight. There might be some other random meetings. Like I've I occasionally tried to host my um, Imperial Horticultural Society meeting. There and stuff. Sure. Um, dance practice, whatever. And then in the evening, that's where people congregate. Like if you, I actually wrote my character wrote a song about it, um, and it's called "We'll All Be Making Merry and uh, Merry with the Merricks. and um, it, it it was an amazing thing because it means that even even if someone who doesn't have a group has got somewhere to go if it rains, there is always somewhere where you can be and socialise and have a cup of tea and, and bring your food and eat it. You know, mm-hmm. it's if, if not everyone's got a massive camp with all mod cons and, a, and an awning and everything. You know, there, quite a lot of people have got some amazing camp setups, but not everyone can afford to do that. And, yeah. Community hall is just really inclusive in that way, and it, it means that various household comes together. Oh, there's always board games lying around on all the tables, so if you want, you can just pick up around a board game and play it. In character ones, like proper wooden things and cloth things, um, and um, and then Sylvie, um, so one of the Applewood Levy characters, and when the when when the Levy didn't have their tent anymore, she started bringing all her collection of, of various interesting flavoured teas and things and and you went like she really went all out um uh, it's a stacy out character she she just like just went almost overboard on 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 getting squash and making sure we had you know um uh lactose free milk for those who needed it for the vegans and and, and herbal teas and every you know all this kind of stuff, um, and there was just like an honesty box of, i just put, put money in if you, you know, if you feel like it. And with, um, if non-marchers come to Merrick's and they want a tea of coffee, they're expected to pay for it. Sure. sure. Um, in character money, um, but marchers, get it for free. Um, yeah, I
1: think that's, uh, as as something when I first started going to Empire, before we got an awning and a decent fire set up, um, it can be quite um i don't know what the right word is um isolating depressing when you're like you've got nowhere you you have to basically go and hide in your tent right and you feel like you're missing out on interacting with people and game and all those things so having a community area which is covered and where you can get a hot drink is a, a really good idea you know
2: and the best thing is that, that the musicians will often congregate either there or in mandalas. You'll find some musicians sitting in a corner, noodling away, practicing something or whatever. Usually Kit, who's our uh, egregore. Um, I mean, she, Catherine Wheeler is amazing, I just want to say.
3: Oh, God, yeah.
2: And she, she adds so much to the game because she's such an excellent musician. And she always brings her accordion and you can start singing something and she'll just, she's got like perfect pitch and she'll just immediately come up with an accompaniment, like mm. effortlessly on the accordion for you. Um, uh, she, she, she brings, I think she brings a, a fiddle or something. something she's got, she got various um, pipes. Got
3: a pipe and table and stuff. Yeah.
2: Um, and of course you've got um, the, the Maidstone Mummers as well and, and they come along. And then you've got, with the, Loads of, of I can't I can't even mention everybody because I'm rubbish with names as well. Don't worry,
1: don't worry. It's, I, I I know what you mean. Uh, you feel pressure sometimes to uh, mention everybody. Like it's it's tough. Like because you're oh they didn't mention me. But please don't worry about that. Like yeah.
2: But uh, I love the fact that our uh, Egrigor is one of the ones that does the music. So that when because she's always there in camp. So and she's often got her her instruments with her. And then everyone will start. So I, I don't know if I'm bigging this up too much because i think she was possibly i don't know if she was taking a break or something uh, i think
3: she's taking a break although i don't know how that's worked out with like obviously this break that we've yeah. all had so. <laughs> the, the <laughs> longest break
2: <laughs>
3: um
1: the uh, uh, i remember we went to a summer fair or something was it summer there's a fair oh, in the marches fair.
2: yes the marches summer fate yeah. yeah it is
1: right um and we went there and uh the, my buddy ian who i who's a who i do the podcast with um I, I there was a musician playing and um, I turned to him and I was like, isn't it cool that like this music is playing in the background? It really adds to the vibe type thing. And he's like, he had no idea. It was almost like uh, he was so in the moment, it was just part of the aesthetic for what was happening around him that he, it was so like, you know what I mean? Rather than, um, cause I think there's a couple of different types of performances that you can do at Empire. There's, there's things where, everybody has to concentrate on that one thing and there's other performance you kind of add to the ambience of the moment and that that was kind of what I loved about it was it was low-key but added to the whole atmosphere of the event and it was a really cool moment you know
2: music is emotional shorthand absolutely Um, and I think I think this is one of the things that really um really sold the the marches for me and why why, um, I maintain it's the best nation and I don't want to leave, I don't want to go and try anything else because of the music, because all the the different nations have their different music and their different styles and and they all have something like them, I like the the hauntingness of of Verushka as well, That, that really encapsulates it, but the feeling of togetherness and community, we get because we do harmonies and we do very the high courage chorus run by um uh, abigail's character sister meredith um that just brought us all together and she's teaching us various harmonies and things so we can all learn a song songs and sing it together but then like in the evenings everyone gets together and someone starts singing a song and everybody joins in like you've got households that are at odds with each other or you know people who were, were punching each other earlier in the football match or, or whatever but everyone's singing together everyone's got a drink in their hand everyone's laughing sometimes we, and we do dancing as well um the, the dancing uh, the music and the dancing and the food
1: just this the, is one thing I haven't managed to do at Empire yet is go dancing, and it's something I really intend on doing is to, uh, uh, maybe the first couple of events, is really get into some dancing and really, like, trying to uh, find out what's that like, Senate sessions, and the mar- now I'm hearing the marches as well, like, I'm going to have a, a busy Friday and Saturday night, basically.
2: I, I tell you what, this character was created to party, and <laughs> yeah, I made this character to party, and the marches has not disappointed. Um, if, oh, if, need you to get... want, if you want a good time, come to the marches in the evening.
3: I mean, I um, want a good time. That's for damn sure. <laughs> we, we need to get Hattie a badge that says reincarnated to party.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I seriously. I love a good knees up, party.
3: <laughs> Whereas it's funny, out of character, I really love singing. I love kind of just hanging out on yes singing in the pub is one of my favorite out of character pastimes Mm
0: -hmm.
3: the problem is the character i play is original the original miserable bastard by way of (laughs) sam vimes and richard sharp okay yeah 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 so i i i spend not even stoic he's just a miserable bugger Like, he, I, I spend a lot of time when I'm not in meetings stomping to the next meeting and bastard, bastard, bastard. <laughs> um, and um, it was one of the most beautiful moments at Wasail, which is the other huge marcher cultural event. Um, that's the other one to get involved with our dancing because we will come to your camp and we will make you dance. Could you describe that for me very briefly?
2: Uh, we all wear masks. Um, and they're very sort of rustic-themed things. Um, themed, it's a basically a harvest festival. Um, the tradition in the marches is to go wassailing, so you go around people's houses and get given stuff. But at, at Anvil, so i.e. At, at events, uh, it's done backwards. So we take any excess produce that we have, and share it with other people in the name of prosperity. So we're basically giving people free food and drink. So we wander around with this great big fancy dress procession around the different nations. In every nation, we will give them a song and a dance and a load of food, and then we move on. Um, And every year we have uh, two people who are elected the monarchs of the Wassail and um, the... the, um, at the time before last, I think it was, um, uh, Hattie finally got elected, and it's like, it's one of these things that's been her dream since she was six. <laughs> like, I finally <laughs> got to be what's the real queen! <laughs> <laughs> Worship <Yeah. at> me! <laughs> I got this curse, um, this, this, this this curse that um, is like, you think you're a real queen, you think you're actual royalty, and you expect everyone to treat you as such, and if they don't, you take damage. So basically, she was largely dying around and expecting preferential treatment, um, which is anathema to, to, to the marcher ethos.
1: Yeah, very much so,
2: right? Um, and 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 you know, and if people refused, she would literally have a heart attack. Um and <laughs> the when curse was lifted, this involved my non-combatant character running up to this. Fucking nails crab clawed Herald Um and trying to punch him. Right? My my non-combatant character ineffectually trying to beat up a massive naturally armored crab Herald. I yeah. yeah Do
1: you, you just describe what a herald is very briefly, for people that might not know?
2: Um, um so you've got eternals, which are like uh, they're not gods, but they are godlike powered um uh capricious entities and heralds are sort of their representation. Mm-hmm.
3: Is that
2: right? They're sort of they're,
3: they're like they're like their demon-y messenger y things, yeah.
2: Um so this book not people you
3: thing. not people you want to get into a punch
1: up with, basically.
2: No. Really not, and really not if you're an unarmed non-combatant character <laughs> with, with you know trying to hit it with your bare hands. But she was that angry. She was so, so angry that this, this beautiful thing that she'd been dreaming of since she was six had been subverted into this horrible, almost dawnish thing <laughs> of of like the you know, the, the, the idea of it being twisted in that way was just, just, ugh, ugh, the wrongness.
3: There there, sure. there, there is some fury as well as who would do that to Hattie?
2: Hattie oh, is precious
3: yeah. and pure. Do not touch Hattie. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I, I realised recently how much power this character has just because of that. Oh God, yeah. You, all you'd
3: have to do is come into camp crying, going, "Someone was mean to me in Dawn," and we'd be lynching people.
2: That
3: yeah. would be heads right. on. That would it, be heads
2: it, on spikes. I this power at one point, and then somebody actually made and pointed it out to Hattie in character at one point. And I think Hattie is starting to realise it, and she hates it. She's terrified by this. Like no. I, I had a
1: I had a conversation with uh, Gabby when I was doing um, who plays in Wig oh what's the name oh my god that's embarrassing i should hand my navar card in um it's been a year come on give me a break um but we had a conversation for the songs and stories um and gabby doesn't really do that much um go take to the field and it's kind of non-com uh non-com sort of role and uh yeah same sort of worry as a lot of people have of potentially getting killed on the battlefield and i was just like you do understand like the power that you have in navar like if if someone said that you're in danger, the entire nation would sacrifice themselves to try and get you safe. Like that's the, (laughs) there are certain people that are, and in fact, uh, um, Marcus, I think you mentioned this, that didn't you just, how did you describe uh, Sonia's character? It was almost like, like part the, of the, the nation right
3: like uh, the heart the, of the nation the, the marcheriest marcher that ever did marcher right like, and i think
2: but, actually in character referred to me various people have referred to me as the heart of the nation
3: yep, that's the yeah one that's the one that goes around
1: and i think that's a really good indicator that you don't have to take the field and be the hero and do all those kind of like maybe conventional what we think of as like Power in fantasy or anything like that. You can be a wonderful character and make the entire nation feel more like that nation through your presence and actions, right? And I think that's something really, really great and w- really aspirational.
2: I mean, I absolutely, that's it's my biggest achievement possibly in um in all of my life and career. That might be my biggest achievement, um and I'm I'm absolutely blown away
1: by this um right right i I think it's i'm I'm i would call myself a larp advocate now because i think there's um like when you say um cheering people on before they go and fight um i don't know about you guys but i don't often have people cheering me on in anything of my normal life right (laughs) like (laughs) you know you're, you're you're doing your thing in life and trying to get through it and i think there's something really um like life-affirming in a very real sense by going through LARP and simulating some of these acts where mm. some of them can become very real, even if that is an emotional response to it, but it can make you realize certain aspects of yourself that you didn't even realize yourself and really celebrate yourself for having achieved the things you've done, you
3: know? I Absolutely. Go on, sorry, Sonia. I've...
2: Sorry, I just wanted to say um, something about uh, in-character funerals. Um, oh
1: God! <laughs> don't please. Yeah. I've, every single time I've mentioned my character's death, and I honestly sound like a broken. I need to get out there and get larping again because I bring up my own death and my own funeral all the time, like a broken record. It's one of the greatest yeah. larping experiences I've ever had. It's the highlight I, I just of every want
2: character. To... <laughs> You know, as I I said before, that um, part of um, playing Hattie was to try and um, explore um, emotional things that I want to get better at myself. And one of the... I I have various um, mental health issues, and one of the things is is around death and Mm. bereavement. And... um, and how to um, experience those emotions in a, in a healthy way. And much of pragmatism is really helpful. Um, I've, when, when Hattie comes across tragedy, her motto is, you have to, good, you have, to have a good cry because it's only right and proper. Yeah. There's one point where Tomothy, um, Marx's character came up and said, "Stop crying," and it was horrible. Um, but it, it, it was this whole, no, "How dare you tell me how to grieve?" Um, and it, it really threw that into because he was like, "You shouldn't cry. You should get angry instead." And
1: right. Thought, That's a very that that I've heard um, that before actually.
2: A real contrast between the characters. But Hattie is like, I you know quite annoyed with him for that. But she but it, it's like no. Because the whole thing about this character is that is she will cry her eyes out. She will absolutely bawl her eyes out. And then she will pick herself up, dust herself off, and go right on to the next thing. And I it's agree. not an act of disrespect to move on from that and go no. and then the next happy thing. Like, we'll party later on. So but we can cry in the funeral and, 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 you know, and, and have a real good cry. And then you can just pick yourself up and go and party afterwards. And if you
1: then um, having another cry, you can. I think, um, I think there's a, there's a realization that uh, grief is the price we pay for love. Right? right. So grief is something very natural and good. And also going back to your point as well, like um, we all have mental health. All of us do. Um, whoever's listening to this does all of you do. Right. Like, and we all have our own um, worries, insecurities, thoughts and all that stuff and I, I, I think that's something to be like if you and I, 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 I say this a lot if if you are struggling with serious mental health there's obviously good professionals you shouldn't rely on LARP for this but LARP can give you wonderful insights into yourself and your own feelings on situations right
2: I would, Absolutely. I would add to this um LARP is a good sandbox for trying out new personality things that you want to, to oh how would it how would this work how, what would happen if i did this however you have to bear in mind that other people are not playing to your script so yes. you really try if you put something very deeply personal it, it, it you know a, a therapy thing in there if you try and use laughs therapy yeah. in that way and you do yeah. something very core and to the bone and other people then might not do what you what is best for you? O O C mental health wise.
1: Uh, so and Sonia, I would say that you you illustrated that perfectly with what you were saying about the reaction to grief after death. Right? Some people in the character would say anger is the right response. Right? And that might catch you completely sideways. Um,
2: it, it did. Um, I had to take a moment O O C for that. But yeah. it also oh, I
3: didn't realize, man. Sorry. No. No. Right. Seriously
2: that's fine because it's all part of it for me of when I went and processed that afterwards that was like why did that affect me so strongly oh it right. because this and you know it's because and and actually that it was it was then looking at that going well this is is the contrast between the different ways and people have different ways of, of grieving and that it, it it highlighted for me that everyone has their own way and you can't you can't criticize other people's way. And it just solidified for me my, my conviction that everyone should be allowed to grieve in your own way because this is what happens if you're not allowed. Right. And,
3: um, I mean, Hattie's I really interesting. Oh, gone. Sorry.
2: Sorry. I, I, I found that very interesting. Um, so don't, don't don't worry about it from an out character perspective. In character, I may have words at some point. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> now
3: I'm actually scared. I like Tomothy. You're after
1: <laughs> off off the grow bag for you, Marcus.
2: <laughs> um, but yeah. Well it
3: was always gonna <laughs> end that way.
2: <laughs> but yeah, the, the other thing is um we were talking about the music um earlier as well. Um, and some of the march of funeral songs and it, when i said it's an emotional shortcut and it just it can punch you in the fields it oh can
3: christ yeah
2: honestly gut punch you to the fields um when you hear the the marchers singing at a funeral um because they and they have some that are like proper funeral dirges um uh, uh my... so fire and fleeting candle leads that one and it's just like you get a load of people and they're all just sobbing and then you know with with some people singing this dirge like song, and then you've got other ones which is like actually quite gentle bringing in the sheaves for example and stuff and we had one point where somebody was dying in a hospital or someone was fighting for their life in a hospital and we were we were singing outside the hospital the whole of the high courage corps is desperately willing this person to live and we were we were singing, um you know come follow me home or something like that and and like trying to call him back into the world of the living and then they came out somebody just came out and shook their head
0: uh,
1: and
2: we changed and we we changed song yeah and we, we we changed song and we were crying and singing at the same time. And God, I'm welling. up just thinking about it
1: because of- uh, very much so. I like, I, uh, I was very, I was very fortunate that I had a, a fellow um, Navari called uh, Sam who plays Sparrow. Um, he told the hey, story. He's a, he's the man, isn't he? I really like the guy, but um, that's about my fanboying. Um, he, <laughs> he, he was very kind enough to tell my story of my death at songs and story time. Um, i literally wept listening to him tell the story um and it was something that i i recognized as an emotional release for whatever that might mean right these are i mean my tears are real even if lop isn't Mm. right um but to process that and just to to settle into that emotion and let it be right like to let it really exist and enjoy the moment as it's happening even if it is emotional um and it it's it's a truly special experience to to experience that sort of emotion. Um and and else you
2: can beat your own (laughs) funeral.
1: Yeah I find I find the I find it an odd aspect to, to our society that we can cry at a movie, right? Or a book and people will understand that. But if you do that through role-play, that's somehow different. And I, I really feel that they're, they're tapping into the same thing. In fact, LARP, because you're part of that story, um, can be a lot more compelling and a lot more real and a lot more life-affirming.
2: Now, hun, in the words of Hattie, you have to have a good cry because it's only right and proper. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I, I consider it a good event. Once I've had at least one proper, ugly, snotty, crying character. <laughs> Real Like roleplay is the best roleplay! <laughs> right? Like, uh, like uh, that, that last battle at E4 where we got our asses kicked and we're having to retreat from Bregasland. And where it happened in Bregasland is like oh, 10 no. miles. Where it happened in um, Bill Sabby is like 10 miles from Anton's Gout, where Tomothy's from.
2: Oh no! So, like, Tomothy could have just Tom, from your house.
3: Tomothy was literally inches away before he got ordered by a senator from just going. You know what? Fuck this! I'm walking home. Mm. I'm just sod, sod the army, sod the nation. You know, sod the war. I'm going home. Obviously, there's no home there because the Yotam burnt it down. But you know that that would have been that would have been curtains oh, for Thomas. <laughs>
2: um...
3: <laughs> and there was, there was a, there was a few. Was one moment, it was um, with uh, Black Jack, um, Matt, um, Matt Kay. Um, we were both kind of on the battlefield at the end, as the army was trooping off, and I wasn't leaving. And uh, I come, I said, I said to Black Jack, "You come here to die?" Then he said, "Seems as good a place as any."
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm gonna cry. Um, but
3: <laughs> but no I'm, I think it's actually really interesting touching on that point earlier about kind of grief it shows the kind of the depth of character that you can have in any nation but especially in the marches portraying different aspects of the nation you know Hattie is that that resilience for me you know that courage that endurance and that cheeriness mm-hmm. um, whereas Tomothy is a frankly a very maladjusted human being with a lot of trauma um, but, you're, but, you're, but you're all part of the nation, right? Absolutely. Like, That's all of We you. can come together. Even right, despite actually, those complete differences in who we are as people and how we look at the world and how we process things, absolutely.
2: we still come
3: together That's, through the hearth magic.
2: I found that um, Hattie can help me in real life when um, I'm lacking that emotional fortitude and resilience. Sometimes I'm like, you know, I can always hear her, voice in the back of my head you know i could always what would hattie say what what would she do um because you you talk about um you know the laugh isn't real but the feelings are and that that's really a thing and i i like the term sandbox for it because you you can explore emotions in a safe way because you can you can really throw yourself into a scenario and your brain, on some level, doesn't quite know the difference.
0: It's like a
1: VR your brain headset, doesn't right? No,
2: it's not real. In you know, part part of your, your emotional brain doesn't know that it's not real for a second there. So you can experience the very real emotion, and then you can stop. You can come out of it, and 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 it it wasn't real. It, it's not actually happening. So you can then be a step removed from it as well. You can then watch yourself. Having those emotions, you can see what caused them to happen and 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 you and go what would be a better way to do? you know it, it's it's fascinating I've,
1: I've i've actually I've actually heard that um being said for film and uh, why we enjoy sad movies or horror films is a way of us to um, uh, experience and emotion in safe boundaries and uh, I think LARP does this to um, a greater degree where we can experience this stuff now if you're That's walking on you the, the wild side you
2: have, sorry, have, Anya? you have to have um, you know you have man down As or or, or halt game or whatever for for um, a a physical safety call, which means stop the game. Someone's OOC injured. You you have to have the same attitude towards mental health as well. Oh, for sure, it's much more immediate than a film or a book, and you it is it's harder to extract yourself. It takes a little bit more to extract yourself and bring yourself. Background, bring yourself out of it. So you you have to be aware of that, and you have to be conscious of that in others as well. And occasionally, sometimes, if someone seems very upset, it, it, you can check in with people. Go, you, OOC, okay, and they'll nod and you like, okay, right, and then you're back into role playing. It does pay to check in with people and to be aware of it in yourself as well. Do I need to take a break at this point?
1: Yeah, I've 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 got genuinely angry at Empire, right? I won't I won't go into why I was, but I got genuinely angry, and I couldn't tell where I ended and my character began because my OC effort into things um, was part of the IC stuff, and it's um, it might have not been enjoyable at the time, but stepping back taught me a huge amount about myself, right? Like it's a um, it's a, it's it's it can be um very emotional and I, I think I highly recommend um having a place that you can go to where you can talk and feel relaxed and just let go of some emotions that you might be holding on to at Empire, you know? Um give yourself give yourself some time to process them as um, as any strong emotion should be, you know. I, I think
2: mean, it's that's, good that's... Idea to have a buddy. Um, uh, have emotional support. Uh, if you, if you, particularly if you're someone with pre-existing um, mental health issues, it can be good to have a buddy who you know isn't going to mind, and have several so that if they're completely engrossed in some role play, you can ask somebody else. But someone that you can go, can can you come and take a few minutes with me out of character? I okay. know yeah, yeah. That they've got your back.
3: Yeah, Marcus, what were you saying? I for me, that place to unwind is actually Merricks. Um, you know, I spend. A lot of my day kind of having arguments with people professionally and then doing complex mental maths badly because I'm rubbish at it. Um, (laughs) It's a a mystery as to how I got that general slot. It really is. Um, But um, no. um, So for me, it is that even though it's not such like an immediate, I need to unwind right now, like, you know, I need to decompress instantly. Just having that place in Merrick's to go and be in character but not full on doing my character's argumentative confrontational thing. Mm. I mean, I, what I've started doing is I end every evening at, at the event. And normally I'll get out of like a meeting at like 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. And I'll just bimble over to Merrick's if it's, you know, if it, everything, if the lights are still on and stuff. Um, just before timeout, I'll have a brew and I'll just sit there and read the paper in character. <laughs> and it just, mm-hmm. just settles me down for the evening.
2: Yeah. But there's so nothing. Time ish, as well,
3: is a thing that can be. Yeah, there's nothing worse than going straight to bed after you've just had, you know, a really good stand up, a really good, a really fun stand up, screaming, daggers out row with someone. Mm. And, you know, you've checked, you know, obviously, I try and if I'm going to scream at someone, you know, I'll kind of let them know by my kind of body language and demeanor that we're building up to a confrontation. And then once it's done, it'll be, hey, mate, OC, you good? We good? Nice one. You know, just yeah. that just that quick check to make sure that neither of you needs any you know additional support
1: yeah and i like that I like that responsibility as well that um there are players out there that play hard right there is um uh, political pvP and all of that stuff right but to be aware of who you're talking to and just uh just to let them know that there's uh an affection there despite our characters disagreements i think is a is a really nice way what, to- I,
3: what i always try and remind myself of is there's a lot of characters out there that tomothy really doesn't like mm-hmm. you know tomothy can reel off dozens of characters that he for whatever reason doesn't like could be petty reasons could be big ones but what i always have to try and remind myself is obviously a, a big part of my empire is thursday nights in the pub um in uh, the forge and um you know you'll run into these people that play these characters that your character detests and you've got to have that mental of wait no my character thinks your character is a prick i think you're all right actually (laughs) yeah
1: yeah definitely in fact i think that's a lot more common than you think it is um i've heard of lots of situations where people have had blazing rows and they're their favorite person at empire for testing gotcha
3: it's um, the best. Yeah. The best people to have arguments with, or my favourite people to have these screaming matches with, are people that are my good mates. OOC, yeah, yeah, yeah people's n- people's nemesis. You, know are, are. you don't have
2: to worry about it. You don't have to hold back as much because you know where their boundaries are. already. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, to be honest,
3: a lot of the time, pr- a lot of the time, we'll go, you know, before an event. If we're just hanging out, you know, before we drive down, hey, you know, when you do that thing. Yeah, don't be surprised if Tomothy kicks off.
2: (laughs) Right, right, um,
1: just touching on it briefly, um, how do people get elected to different offices within the marches, i.e. senators, generals, that sort of thing?
2: By saying they want to be and then uh, convincing everybody else.
1: Is it a democratic vote? (laughs) Depends on what
2: office it is.
1: Sorry, say that again, Sonia. It
2: depends on what office it is, because some of the things only landowners can vote on.
1: What? Oh, there's a difference. So there are not landowners.
2: Yeah, yes. Um, the, basically, the landowners are the the stewards, they're, they're heads of the households, so they're they're the people that own the land.
1: So effectively, your uh, in 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 Navarre speak, your Striding's leader effectively is yeah. the landowner.
2: Is so, probably similar, um, kind there's, there's, of. And there's some there's ones that you can only do if you've got a farm, I think.
3: Yeah, um, I mean the basic the basic qualification for voting know, in I the marches. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but the basic qualification for voting in the marches is ownership of a farm, and it is specifically a farm, not a mine, not a forest, not a business. It's a farm. You have mm-hmm. a farm then you can vote in senate elections is the biggie yeah um however the way that we do our senate elections is a little bit weird so you what- put them all in giant wicker men and then set fire to the ones that you don't like so we do that to the ones we do like after they've been Senator for a sent <laughs> sure. um no um basically what you're actually doing is electing a steward of a house to be the receiver, if you like, the recorder of that territory, and then they appoint the senator. What that really means in political terms is a bit like first past the post. You know, yes, mm-hmm. you're kind of voting for your local MP, but really, the bigger vote is for who the PM is because they're the leader of that party. Right. So uh, it's, a, it's yeah. a bad analogy, but it's kind of the best I got. Um, no, I kind of that does that does clear a little bit out for me to vote sure. for
2: someone that you think is going to vote for someone that you want. Yeah. <laughs> Um and then and if you don't have a vote, if you're someone without a farm then uh the the way that you influence things politically is to bend the ear of the people who have got a farm. yes uh, and try to convince them to vote for the person you want them to vote for.
1: This is the rumor that goes around that the marches is, is the richest nation beyond anyone else is that is that rumor true um
3: we I would I would say we I would say we used to be. Um, The reason I'd say we used to be is because when Bregasland kicked off and we got invaded, um, there was a very good player-led initiative for basically 90% of us that had farms and were voting marchers. We converted our farms to military units, our downtime resources, so that we could provide more military support to the Empire's campaigns. Mm Mm-hmm. Um obviously farms and businesses are kind of off the bat the quickest way to make hard cash resource. I'm sure there's someone out there
2: I think the reason that we are not the richest nation is because we don't have as many kids as other nations.
3: Uh, Oh god, kids are money spinners.
2: The kids in the academy they they, and they make their crafts and they go around and they they sell things through the power of cute. And, and 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 it's it's the thing that's called k um, yeah. where people bring out-of-character goods that they have made and they sell them for in-character money, um, and you make more money doing that than selling in-character resources. Now, this is controversial because of it being that way around, but then you can also go, well, the, the other way around, it means that people can, as Varkas was saying earlier, you can uh, spend pretend money on real food which is also kind of good in an accessibility way so uh, i uh, i got
1: i got hustled for carrots one time by the way um i just uh i just loved the hustle of the guy i was talking to you as a pretty young guy I, I i'm 37 so for me it's like a lot of players look very young to me but it was like that kind of borderline like maybe under 16 but the the hustle of trying to sell me carrots was enough to me for me to reach into my purse it was how like much, how uh, much did you pay? how much did you pay for carrots it wasn't much i i think i think i'm going to sound like i got hustled here. i think it was 5 rings for two carrots but <laughs> yeah i know very expensive carrots but honestly carrots are a great snack at empire i yeah, uh, I, I really I was like very happy with my purchase, so th- I, I think if you're, if anything, if the tradesperson and the uh, the buyer both feel good about the sale, then it's a good deal. Oh, you know? gosh, good don't,
2: don't, don't try. You know, the kids are all about the money. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Any of are all about the money. Like, um, you know, they supposed to be in the in the March of brief. There is supposed to be this thing about giving a hand, and the kids are meant to go and help you with things when asked because that's how they learn and that's Mm -hmm. how they they decide what career they want to do and it's a bit bit sort of like a a very generalised apprenticeship that's how it is in the brief except if you say (laughs) to a kid oh do you want to come and give a hand they go how much will you give me for it <laughs> that's the
1: academy teaches them. <laughs> i actually i'd really like to do an episode on the academy um
3: which I'm, yeah, i could actually start putting out feelers on and see if i can get someone
1: okay.
3: um i may have a i may have a, um a an in for you there i'll message you that i know a guy who uh, might be very happy to come and talk actually marcus I, I love this
1: this is also continuing my run at the moment of having guests on who recommend new guests who turn out to be awesome so uh i'm, I'm a big fan of this it means much less work for me um well i say yeah, much less work really which involved cute. for you guys was a post about uh muscular legs on facebook it
3: was enough to get <laughs> you sorted. The worst, the worst thing is right just to uh, readdress the legs let's readdress the legs yeah please let's do but i mean there's two of them we've looked at one let's look at the other yeah um no i mean um it wasn't even my thing i i I co-opted it so it was as far as i can (laughs) tell it was rachel westra who plays friar rosie now used to play general flowers absolute badass (laughs) yeah just the baddest of badasses and um she used to wear and still does wear her hose rolled down like I do. Um because that is that is a medieval style of wearing your hose when it's warm out. I also like the way that there's a uh a, like a look at the legs on that
1: in a non-sexual <laughs> way. It's just like a real
3: like wow seriously I can appreciate those. <laughs> oh yeah it's um there's a lot of platonic leg admiring in the marches. Um I actually want to
2: try of the in it
3: I want to try I, I and like... organize Eye contest at the next um summer fate jesus jesus let me know when that's happening yeah
2: <laughs> can, can i make a claim to fame um uh, people may dispute this uh, people may well dispute this um but you know that um it's now become a thing in the marches that if you are not wearing a hat you're considered naked yep um, <laughs> very true as why, well which is why if you wear a a, a coif under your hat it means you can remove your hat and not be naked, which is why coists have been referred to as head (laughs) pants. Um now I claim this because it never used to be it was never in the costume brief that the march has had a modesty thing about hats. It still isn't it's great. It's just never in the costume brief. And nobody was saying it. But when I, when I joined, because I had this thing about Hattie, that she always had all of her stuff on her hat, that she would lost without it. And she never took it off because if she did, she'd lose everything. Right. So she, she I, I always decided that she was never going to remove her hat. Um, and, you know, someone commented on this and she said, oh, I feel naked without it. You know, and she 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 became this sort of obsession for her that she didn't want to be seen without her hat. And she had to go <laughs> and into a tent in order to take it off because she just felt weird going out without her hat. Um, and I think that stuck. I think some people heard that, took it to heart, and decided it was a marcher thing. And now it is.
1: You're the oh, it's
3: such a marcher
1: thing. You're now. a key so, point in um, marcher conservatism. To
2: say. <laughs> Oh, that's my claim okay. to fame. Um, other people may dispute this, um, but I think I am responsible for the your Hat thing. So I just want to say.
3: Because it was just a thing when I came in. Uh, it was just an established thing. But yeah. I, I use it a lot, actually. You know, if I've got to say something really profound and heartfelt, I'll take my hat and my coif and go, I stand here before you as a naked man, and what I say comes from the arts. <laughs>
2: yeah. And, and, and I'm you know, moving the hat off for funerals, but she's got a coif underneath, so it's okay.
3: Oh yeah, see, I'll take I'll take my hat off, but not my coif off to show respect. And if I want to say something really honest and heartfelt, I'll take my hat and my coif off. Ooh. Um, yeah, right, scandalous. Um, I remember someone no coming idea.
2: up to me and giving me an ice cream and by way of and, and, and like like he, he took his hat off and he had the ice cream under his hat and then he gave me the ice cream, and I was like, wait a minute, are you flirting with me?
3: <laughs> was that Jacob Fenner by any chance?
2: No, it was not Jacob Fenner. It was Ooh. uh I can't remember his name. I'm terrible with names. Uh,
3: Just you know call, call him Jack. Call him Jack. Uh,
2: no, he's not it wasn't Jack. He's um
1: I like the idea of some Eurozen listening to it, like tugging out their collars because it's getting a bit steamy. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> talking about all those hats coming off. <laughs> oh, oh my! <laughs> Ooh, we're going to be talking about handshakes next.
2: As had a very proper grandma, so there's like it's uh, most marchers are very kind of uh, you know uh, don't don't be such a prude or or whatever. It, it it's all very they're all very matter of fact about things. Up and ready. Whereas, uh, uh, because Hattie had this very strict nan who was like, "Oh no, hanky panky before you wed," and the, these sorts of things. Whereas, it that's not a Marcher thing; that's just a Hattie thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Um, we should uh, start bringing this to a close because we're we're. I'm trying to keep these things under an hour and a half for our poor listeners, um, but we're we're blowing into almost two hours now. Is there anything that you wanted to kind of close up that you don't think we've covered when it comes to March? I, I understand that there is a lot to the marches that maybe you should just go and enjoy the marches or even play as a marcher. But is there anything else you want to touch on before we go?
2: Oh, oh. um, there's a, there's a thing I really meant to say earlier about the community spirit and the o, um, OOC side of things mm-hmm. that um, something that um that I think for me really summed it up, um, and it was at um, one of the particularly muddy events when everybody's cars were getting stuck, um, and people would go into the marcher camp and go, my car's been stuck, and immediately people would leap to their aid, total strangers, and, you know, and if I go, oh, I need help carrying XYZ or, or in, in the the terrible, cursed weather things where people's tents are falling down. And, and, and if you ask for help in the marches. Five people will immediately jump up and help. yeah,
1: you. and on Sunday, everybody's tired. Everyone's keen to help on the Friday, but uh, or Thursday, but like a Sunday help means means a lot to people, right? Like um mm-hmm. everyone's tired, everyone's exhausted, everyone's given their all. They all want to head home, get some takeaway in them and and sleep, you
2: know uh, the, 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 that's that to me sums up the fact that the the, the community spirit extends into the out of character. Um, And everybody there, if you go on the Facebook group as a newbie, you will be welcomed with open arms. If you go on the field, you will be welcomed with open arms. There's um, uh, the muster at the beginning of every event where um, all of the players come out in the field and we discuss what happened during downtime. And and every time uh, at the first muster of every event, there's, oh, who's new here? Who's new to Anvil? Yeah. And they get introduced in character, and they they go, oh, "Hi, my name's Jack. I'm from Upwold, or whatever," and everyone goes, "Hello!" and 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 then uh, when they say which territory they're from, there's always a cheer from the other people in that territory as well. So, so there's an immediate sense of belonging. I love the that. Can you go it, there?
3: You it's something be- I love. Sorry, yeah, just to build on that. Sonia said it's something I love with that muster at the start as well is one of the things that people will do is they'll go hey I'm so and so I run this thing if you're interested in doing this thing come and find me I'll be over here and it's just that instant signposting of here's game for new people because we're yeah.
2: uh, good at that as well that's the, yeah, Oh god yeah that's so got, good but, but um but because we've got we've got at least two agricols now I think and then, and they're both really good at that you know go up to them and if, if if you ever do find yourself not having a good time, go to them. Um it's literally what they're for.
1: Yeah. Or look for the woman in the hat, right?
2: Well, you know, um just, <laughs> I was I to be taking a break with you because I wanted to, to uh, try try as many systems as, as, as possible, but that now um we uh, now I've be, I've had a break from Empire involuntarily. Um and also this discussion has given me Loads of keen so now I'm gonna, uh, yeah, awesome. <laughs> we'll see. I may be, I, I may or may not be there at uh, uh, the next event, but what heck, no, I will be there. I the say, next not your guilt, not to get.
3: Not to guilt you, Sonia, but you know that the one time Hattie doesn't turn up, something awful is going to happen. Oh,
2: God! No, that's <laughs> <not>. <laughs> I, no, no, no.
3: Emotional
1: blackmail. It's okay if it's icy. <laughs> 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 Wonderful. Uh, Mark, um, any, any closing thoughts before we go?
3: Um, honestly, just, you know, I hope our kind of our ramblings, kind of bouncing from topic to topic, have given you, given, you know, people that are listening, some idea of just how awesome it is to be in the marches. Uh, the biggest thing I'd say, some nations, you can really get a handle on reading the wiki. Marches, there's lots of good stuff to learn on the wiki. Absolutely go in and read the relevant bits of the wiki to you. Don't feel like you need to memorize the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But if you want to, if you know, if you've got a specific character concept and you're not sure how to bring it to the marches, get on the Facebook page and ask us because yeah. you'll get a million and one different ideas. You'll get compliments. You'll get genuine constructive feedback and you'll get half a dozen people going oh hey i'm doing something similar or i had something similar in mind let's do this together and just that, the hype.
2: Background links. that do you want to join my group yeah,
3: yeah the hype the hype train keeps rolling although when if you are new and jumping onto the marches page expect to get pounced on by half a dozen stewards going hey if don't suppose if you
2: jump onto the marches page except uh, expect merciless ribbing
3: yes Daunish—they're <laughs> <laughs> awesome, sh- like us but not as good
2: yeah
1: <laughs> on that controversial bombshell um <laughs> uh yeah uh, first of all thank you both very very much like i think um just yeah, as, I a think non, as a non-marcher player i think what you were just saying there marcus like um it's really nice to hear players that really love what they do at empire and um i'm sure i'm sure people at home will uh, have enjoyed the conversation because i certainly have you know
3: Oh, thank you very very much for um for having us on it so uh, a bit of a surprise to be asked but yeah really pleased to come on and chat about it cool
1: yeah, yeah I, it's That's it's great. nice to surprise my victims with this sort of thing so <laughs> uh, yeah um uh, i, I want to say briefly that the storyline for the intros and outros that you are probably listening to now are set in breggers um, hey, and- land um land well, I I take like a little bit of liberty with the world of Empire. So if I have misrepresented anyone in the marches, please don't put a curse on me or murder me. That's OC stuff. Um, and also, uh, could I just say thank you very much to our everyone who's listening, um, but um, also to our patrons who are continuing to support us um, during this very long talk. So um, thank you very much to everyone.
0: What happened to the door? Oh, we had an uninvited guest. Sugar? Um, please. Your guest made quite the mess. Ha, <laughs> indeed they did. John's going to be furious when he sees the state of the place. I understand John was a friend of yours? He still is. From what I've been told, his body still hasn't been found. Well, that's true, but given the current situation in Two Staff, I think it's safe to assume that he was taken by the creature. I'd try not to make assumptions. The truth can often be full of surprises. Is it common for properties to be sold so quickly around here? It is nowadays. Since Mr. Haft arrived in the town, he's been offering to purchase any land he can get his grubby hands on. He's got deeds to half the town. He's not a local. By the virtues, no. I think he came from Calavesa. Oh, Wintermarker. I can't imagine the locals being too pleased to see him throwing his money around. At first, no. But when the beasts started terrorising the town, people were practically giving away their land. There are plenty of exceptions, John being one of them. And you don't find any of this suspicious? Some people do. Mr. Half may not be the most popular man, but he is the one who put the bounty up for the creature. He's as keen as anyone in town to see it killed. Interesting. Now, I thank you for the tea, but I'm afraid I'm here on official business. Don't worry, we'll be staying in town from now on. I appreciate that. If you are struggling to find a place to stay, I would recommend finding the Friar. Friar Samuel? We actually stayed with him on our first night here. He's a virtuous chap. While he's still here, I still have faith in the future of this hero town.